Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. I'm live from Marshawn Lynch's post-game press conference. It's the 4th and Inches <laughs> show with Jana and the Sherpa. I'm the Sherpa, Scott Swaney, and Jana Kimmel, a.k.a. Jana, joins me tonight as she has every night for almost 100 shows over five years. Welcome, Jana. How are you doing this week? Pretty good. I'm uh, not getting fined for uh, skipping out on my media appearances like Marshawn Lynch's. <laughs> no, and hopefully you're not getting snowed in like the uh, folks in Buffalo are, but we'll get to that more. Oh, in that's a- crazy. And then it could even affect our rivalry game on Sunday night, which we'll talk about too, I'm sure. But uh, first of all, anything strike you from this uh, past weekend's games? Um, I think probably the biggest thing was St. Louis holding Denver to a mere seven points. Uh, That was – I mean, I knew their defense was good. Uh, Obviously, neither of us predicted St. Louis to win that game, let alone for it to be that low scoring. So I think that might have been the biggest thing for me this week. What about you? True, but I I think the people that are claiming the sky is falling and that Denver is doomed now, I think that's a little premature. I mean, don't forget that was the third game in a you know three game three consecutive road games for them, and they lost two of the three, so they proved that they're mortal and they're not head and shoulders above all the other NFL teams. But still, I, I think it's a little early to panic. This weekend's game against Miami at home should be a pretty good barometer for them. But, yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. But there were there's some weird goings on this weekend, just this past weekend, just in terms of players who wound up getting cut. You know, Ben Tate was a big yeah. disappointment in Cleveland. He got cut, although he was picked up this afternoon by Minnesota and is supposedly going to play in their game this Sunday. Garrett Blunt, you know, also had an incident where he tried to, <laughs> tried to leave the game early on Monday night and get on the bus, and then the Steelers pretty much put him on the next bus out of town. And then Jason Avant in Carolina also complained about their um, play selection, and, you know, as his thank you for that, he was cut this week, you know, for Carolina, which is on a bye this week. Well, that, that's also another Nice thing, you know, the bye weeks are dwindling now. This is the last of the bye weeks coming up, and we've only got <laughs> Carolina and Pittsburgh on on bye this week. So hopefully the, the impact on our listeners' um, fantasy teams will be pretty minimal. But uh, before we go any further, you know, we have a couple injuries to talk about too. But why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? Well, there are a plethora of ways, as there always are. We'll be here from 9.30, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. We like that consistency for you. Uh, We are going to obviously go through all of the previews for this week's matchups, look at the injuries, news and notes, all that good stuff, tell you who to start and sit, and maybe maybe even play weather people. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, But in the meantime, if you want to have your voice heard, you have an opinion you want to share with us, there are a number of ways to do that. You can call us, and that's probably the most direct way. But you can call us. The number is 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can email us at the same handle, the number 4THNInchesShow at gmail.com. Find our personal Twitter accounts as well. I'm JKIM16, and the Sherpa is Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can find us all week long on the Facebook fan page and the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and FantasyFootballSherpa.com. And, of course, Smoke Signals, Carrier Pigeon, always welcome. You can even pass us a note if you want. Yeah, I mean, check yes, check no. We'll do it old school. (laughs) Yeah. So... As I was alluding to before, there were some injuries of notes a lot this of injuries. past weekend. <laughs> yeah, Hamad Bradshaw yeah, done, um, you know, for the season with his ankle injury. That's probably the, for me anyway, the biggest uh, 
injury, but, you know, Brandon Cooks, the Saints' fine rookie wide receiver, is out with a thumb injury, so that's not good news, um, you know, for the Colts. We also saw Emmanuel Sanders almost died. I mean, that was a brutal hit he took. Uh, Well, according to his uh, Wikipedia page, he did die. I don't know if you saw that, but somebody went on his Wikipedia page and (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he looked dead for a been... second. I, I don't think that's totally unfounded. <laughs> no, but, yeah, um, but he, I'm sure his family would have been surprised. He's questionable for this week. Uh, yeah. he, I don't think he has passed his concussion test. I'd be shocked if he did. Um, and Julius Thomas also left that Broncos game. Uh, that may be, uh, as well as Monte Ball, that may have something to do with why they had trouble scoring. But Thomas yeah, had a sprained ankle. Thomas. That's a pretty yeah. uh, good tryout of players off. to lose there, yeah. Yeah, Thomas had an ankle injury. Um, it looks like he's kind of questionable this week. Uh, I'd be surprised if you got as much production as usual out of him. Monte Ball came back from his groin injury only to re-injure his groin injury. I doubt we will see him again this season. Um, like you mentioned, Ahmad Bradshaw, Dwayne Allen was also carted off this week with an ankle injury. Cody Fleener always waiting in the wings. He had a big day after that. Um, Philip Rivers allegedly got hurt, but then supposedly didn't got hurt. He may or may not have a rib injury. He may or may not have a shoulder injury. He's not 100% is the bottom line there. Um, Larry Fitzgerald had a knee injury that looked bad, but he's going to play this week. And Greg Jennings, as well as Calvin Johnson, got treatment. And Jarius Wright did as well. The Vikings are really banged up. And Jordan Reed injured his hamstring. So it was a tough week to be a receiver or a tight end. Narian Foster didn't even play. So, and he's no, he, just, he was also, like, no, not about uh, this. <laughs> looking doubtful for this week. So, yeah. And then by-wise this week with Carolina and Pittsburgh, probably, you know, the the biggest thing would be at quarterback because Newton and Roethlisberger are both starters in many leagues. Levy and Bell's going to be missing, and Calvin Benjamin, Antonio Brown. So, you know, there's definitely some uh, players missing, but thankfully, like we said before, this is the last of the bye weeks. Hopefully you get through it and you can uh, continue fighting for a playoff spot and and not have to worry about who's playing uh, anymore so and one other thing this is just because I know you're a Cowboys fan it seems to me that in previous years the Cowboys and the Lions have always had home games the Sunday before Thanksgiving but oddly enough this year both Detroit and Dallas on the road the Sunday before Thanksgiving with Detroit and New England and Dallas visiting the Giants. And worse yet for Dallas is that they're playing on Sunday night, so they really only have three-and-a-half days between their uh, Sunday night game and the Thursday afternoon game, so it's definitely going to be a short week for them. Yeah, it's uh, not a friendly schedule, that's for sure. So we'll see how that works out. Would have liked to yeah. Tony Romo, but... No, they don't listen to me, unfortunately. No, but you, you know, I mean, even as a Giants fan, I think the only way that they lose that game Sunday night is if somehow you know, Tony Romo gets knocked out early and they have to go with Brandon Whedon the whole game, and even then their rushing game is probably good enough, but we'll get to all that later. So why don't we hop yeah. right in with this week's Thursday night game. We've got an AFC West matchup. Earlier this year we had San Diego at Denver on a on a Thursday night, so by process of elimination, we've got Kansas City and Oakland left, and this game's going to be in Oakland. Don't think it makes much difference. Kansas City, they're just going to run roughshod over Oakland, even though they don't have much of a passing game. Oakland, no running game to speak of. They're not going to be able to pass too much against Kansas City. When all is said and done, I think Kansas City wins this game rather easily. I'll go with a final score, Kansas City 24, Oakland 6. Yeah, I mean, I I can't argue with that too much. I saw somebody trying to predict an Oakland upset this week on Kansas City. That's not happening. Just just stop it. Uh, I don't think it's going to – being a Thursday night game is not going to help Oakland in any way. I don't even think home games are really that much of an advantage for them. The only advantage being that they aren't in Kansas City getting screamed at there. They're just going to get screamed at by their own fans. So I don't don't really know if that's much of an upgrade. Um, This used to be a good rivalry. 15, 
20, 25 years ago. 30. Not so much of late. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I think this is going to be kind of an unwatchable game. I think Kansas City is going to go up early. It's not really going to be relevant. Um, I read a stat somewhere that Oakland has only run, I think, seven plays in the second half with a lead all year combined. I don't think that's going to change too much this week. Fantasy-wise. No, I think that number will probably get stuck on seven. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go up. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Alex Smith's more a second quarterback option for me because I think the run game is going to really dominate this. Uh, Definitely start Jamal Charles. I like Niles Davis as a flex option. I'm okay with starting Dwayne Bowe and tight end Travis Kelsey. As far as the rest of the receiving core goes, just just leave them on your bench. There are going to be way better options on Sunday. I will start kicker Cairo Santos and the defense. I'm sorry, Oakland. This isn't going to make your season any better. No, for Oakland, like I said, I think they might be able to throw the ball a little bit in wide receiver James Jones is their best receiving option at this point. Tight end Michael Rivera has had a few good games lately, so he's startable. Derek Carr, more of a second quarterback for me this week. He's probably with a quad injury. Wide receiver Andre Holmes, okay as a flex. Defense is okay if you're in a pinch. I would not start running backs Darren McFadden and Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, wide receiver Kimbrell Tompkins, who had a nice game last week, is a refugee from New England, but I still don't think that makes him startable this week. And kicker Sebastian Janikowski, uh, poor guy, he's got the one of the better legs in the NFL, and he never gets yeah. the uh, opportunity to show it off. So he'd probably be better off if he were the punter, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, according to Jay Cutler, Chicago might need a new punter. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, according at least to The Onion, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite way to get Jay Cutler news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, The Onion is, is definitely uh, one of the better uh, sources of uh, sports news out there. Obviously, second pretty much to us. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> but so, let's look at the, the uh, my ever-present morning Cutler, games <laughs> Yeah. Right. The the Sunday morning games, as Jenna likes to refer to them, the early afternoon games, as those of us besides Jana who live on the East Coast like to refer to them as. And speaking of Jay Cutler, Tampa Bay visits Jay Cutler, Chicago Bears this week. Not surprisingly, got back on track last week by beating Minnesota at Minnesota this week. Not much more of a challenge, in some ways might even be less of a challenge. Tampa Bay should be able to throw the ball against Chicago, but they're not going to be able to run much. Chicago should be able to do whatever they want to against Tampa Bay's uh, defense, if you can call it that. And I think this all adds up to a pretty – yeah, the Swiss cheese defense. I think this all adds up to a pretty easy victory for Chicago, I'll say, by 10 points. I'll say Chicago 31, Tampa 21. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we saw Tampa definitely did some things last week that we maybe didn't necessarily expect, but 21 points, I think, is about all they're going to get on the Chicago team. Chicago needs this bounce-back win big time. Um, Like you said, I don't think the run game is going to be a big factor here. Josh McCown's going to have to win this game in the air if he thinks he's going to win it, which probably isn't going to happen. I think he's still more of a second quarterback option. I'm okay with starting running back Charles Sims. Uh, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson both are good starts for me this week. Um, I think you're going to get about the same production out of either one of them, quite frankly. Staying away from tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, kicker Patrick Murray, and absolutely the defense. That's probably a good call. For Chicago, I would start quarterback Jay Cutler, the much maligned Jay Cutler. Running back Matt Forte, wide receivers Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, tight end Martellus Bennett, kicker Robbie Gould, and um, the defense. Pretty much anybody on Chicago, if you have them on your fantasy team, is worth starting this weekend. Yeah, I think that's fair. (laughs) So next let's go to one of our Thanksgiving Day game participants. We've got Detroit. As I mentioned, they're on the road against New England. Detroit, the hallmark of their recent teams, has been really good offense, especially pass offense, not such great defense. This year the story has been reversed a little bit. The defense has really been carrying the load while some of their offensive stars like Reggie Bush and Calvin Johnson have been out on injury. But this week, Reggie Bush is somewhat iffy again. Calvin Johnson 
looks like he should play and do well. New England, I, I just think right now they're on a little bit too much of a roll for Detroit's defense. I think Tom Brady is going to figure this out, especially if it's really cold outdoors in Foxborough. So New England, I think they'll have some success running, some success passing. I don't really expect Jonas Gray to have the you know the big game that he did last game week with life. the 200 yards, but I still think he'll be you know, do okay. And New England's going to find just enough offense to win this. I'll say New England 24, Detroit 20. Bill Belichick's uh, running back roulette continues. Just when we thought it was safe, you know, injuries had whittled down who was an option. Oh, here's Jonas Gray. Nobody even knew who this guy was last week. <laughs> Every year. Um, but I I think I agree with you. I think New England's got to win this game. Uh, it's not going to be quite that big of a day for Jonas Gray, but he's still going to be a factor. I agree with you there. I just don't know if – granted, I will give Detroit that they probably won three or four games this year that they wouldn't have won last year. I just don't know if they can win this game in this kind of atmosphere I'm not totally sure I'm sold on them as an elite team yet. If they beat New England, it's a different conversation, but I don't think that's going to happen. I do think it'll be relatively close. I think New England wins by seven. Fantasy-wise, for Detroit, I think you still have to start Matt Stafford because they're going to play from behind some of this game, and he's going to have to air the ball out. And plus having a healthy Calvin Johnson kind of instantly makes it easier to start him as a fantasy quarterback. I'm good with starting Joyke Bell. Reggie Bush is going to be back this week. I think he's a a flex option, probably at best for me. Definitely start Megatron and Golden Tate I like as well at wide receiver. Staying away from tight end Eric Ebron, kicker Matt Prater, and the defense. I just, I don't, I mean, I I can't figure out how I feel about this Detroit team, in all honesty. Yeah, well, this this game should be a good litmus test for them. If they happen to win this, then... I think you do have to take them seriously. Right now, Green Bay seems to be you know, hitting on all cylinders with their offense. Detroit hitting on all cylinders with their defense. So you know, that, their second matchup could um, probably decide you know, who wins the division here. But back to this game, New England, I would start wide receiver Brandon LaFell, tight end Rob Gronkowski in the defense. Tom Brady, I'm okay with starting him, but don't expect a monster game from him. Same thing with running back Jonas Gray. Wide receiver Julian Adelman, more of a flex option for me this week. Kicker Steven Goskowski, okay to start. Tim Wright, tight end Tim Wright, had a nice game last week, but I would keep him on the bench this week. I don't expect a repeat performance. Yeah, all right. And I hope I'm right about that. Almost a full slate of games this week, so I guess you do have some better running back options than we have the past few weeks. (laughs) Yeah, so now we get to – we were talking before about about Detroit winning games that they might not have in previous years. Cleveland, they're definitely a yo-yo of a team. One week they look yeah. like, you know, they're going to win that division. The next week they look like they might not even make the playoffs. So this week's going to be pretty telling for them. They're on the road against a really you know, below-average Atlanta team, which seems to play a little bit better at home, and they still have that – potent passing attack, but if Cleveland really wants to be taken seriously as a playoff contender, they really have to win this game. One big plus for them should be that they're getting Josh Gordon back this week. I think they'll be able to run and pass at will. He's done with his car-selling career, apparently. I think Cleveland should... For now, until his next suspension, (laughs) but Cleveland, they should be able to run or pass or I should say run and pass, do whatever they want against Atlanta's defense. Atlanta, Stephen Jackson's been a little bit more noticeable the past few weeks, but I don't think they're going to have a ton of success running the ball against Cleveland. I think most of their offense is going to come via the pass, but when all is said and done, I think Cleveland does get their act together and Josh Gordon's return and all. I think they're going to win this game. It won't be pretty, it won't be easy, but I say they get it by a touchdown. Cleveland 31, Atlanta 24. I I could see Cleveland even winning this by 10 points. Uh, I just – I think that people seem kind of split on how they're feeling about Josh Gordon. Um, It's – I think we're forgetting the fact that it's not like he isn't allowed to work out the whole time he's suspended. This is a guy who's coming back and 
We saw what he did after being suspended two games last season. He was still the leading receiver. Uh, He has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove here. And I think Brian Hoyer desperately needs Josh Gordon back. And I think that we're going to see a a pretty good amount of production out of him this week. I think it's going to be a difference maker. And so I'm I'm perfectly okay with starting him this week, and it gives me a little more faith in Cleveland's abilities, whether or not you know that turns out to be right. We're going to find out. But this is a game I'm definitely going to be watching to see. So Brian Hoyer, for me, still more a second quarterback option, um, more so based on what other quarterback matchups there are this week. Uh, I think he's probably a better of the second quarterback options, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, running back Isaiah Crowell and Terrence West, I'm okay with starting both of those, as well as Josh Gordon, like I said before, and Andrew Hawkins. Uh, this may be the last week he's a definite start. Uh, I think his production obviously is going to be down this week. We'll see how much. But I'm staying away from tight end Jim Dre, kicker Billy Cundiff, and the defense because even though Atlanta is not going to win this game, they're still going to put some points up. So for Atlanta, I would start quarterback Matt Ryan, wide receivers Julio Jones and Roddy White. Steven Jackson, okay, is a flex option. Wide receiver Harry Douglas, same thing. Tight end, tight end Levine Toilolo, okay to start. Kicker Matt Bryan, okay. I would keep. Jack Kiz, Rogers, and Devonta Freeman on the bench. Wide receiver Devin Hester on the bench. Uh, don't keep the don't start the defense. And not that you were starting Anton Smith, but uh, just on the off chance you were in a really really deep league, he's out for the season now. So don't start him either. I feel like we should put an asterisk next to this next game because it might not even get played at this point. I mean, I know Buffalo well, is saying, still saying like, hey, hey, we're having this game. But, I mean, they're yeah. also possibly getting another two feet of snow before this game. Yeah, I think they got six feet of snow last night. They're getting another three feet of snow today. And you know, who yeah, If knows, you haven't uh, seen any of the videos or the, the pictures that um, Jim Kelly and different guys on the Bills have been sending out, I mean, they're just, they're just phenomenal. There's some really funny things going on there. I mean, when you have that much snow, it's going to get ridiculous. But uh, yeah, Fred have, Jackson's got a video of him tossing his kids into the snow. <laughs> they, just, they just disappear yeah, into it. There's so much snow. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that they may end up I, – I know they're talking about possibly pushing the game back to Monday, but you know, even if they do that, you know, I, I think they might have to you know, put out the call for civilian volunteers to get that stadium cleared in time. I, they're they're offering to they're, pay people $10 an hour plus give them tickets to the game. Like they like the Eagles did this a couple of years ago. They offered anybody who would come dig out the stadium uh, back, it was, I think it was three years ago for that Detroit game. They offered anybody who could come dig out the stadium tickets, but the Bills will actually also pay you hourly to dig out the stadium. That's how much snow there is. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a sad statement on a sad yeah. uh, commentary on things that they have those tickets left to give away, even though they you know, still have a winning record. But uh, this game, it's really hard. You know, all bets are off when you have weather that bad, you know, who knows, maybe the field will look pristine, but even if it does, that's not to say it's not going to be you know, 20 degrees and windy there. You know, the footing might not be real great. Yeah. I think this game favors the better defense, which, you know, like it or not, it's really the Jets' defense, you know, for my money. You know, only if they could get into the Jets' secondary do I think Buffalo would really have a good shot at winning this game. And I just, with the weather being what it is and the field being what it's likely to be and with Kyle Orton being who he is, I just don't really see them getting much of a passing game going. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But... I think the better running game is going to win out here, and for my money, that's the Jets. And So I'm going to pick them to win this game. might be considered a minor upset, but given the weather conditions, it probably shouldn't be. But I'll say New York 17, Buffalo 13. I, I mean, I guess I I can't argue with it too much. I think that this, like you said, it's a coin flip, and quite frankly, I don't think this game's happening on Sunday. I don't even if I have guys on my roster from either of these teams, I kind of just want to bench everybody because you don't know what you're going to get out of it or when they're going to play it. Um, but 
I could see the Jets sneaking one out here. I could also see Buffalo winning this game, trying to run the ball. It just it's kind of a it's kind of a coin flip here, quite frankly. So I'll go with you. I'll agree with you on the Jets. I think they need this game. I think Michael Vick's kind of scrappy and he'll find a way. That being said, um this is with the stadium being free of snow and snow not actively falling. Michael Vick probably still a quarter second quarterback option for you. I'd start Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson uh, as a flex. I'd start Eric Decker. I like Percy Harvin as a flex. Staying away from tight end Jason Morrow, kicker Nick Folk, but I would start the Jets' defense. Uh, if you know they do actually get crazy and try to play this Sunday at 1 o'clock, which is insane, um, I'm probably not starting Eric Decker or, per- or Percy Harvin. Uh, I'm inclined to still stick with Chris Ivory and Chris Johnson, but both strictly as flex options there. So for Buffalo, yeah, I'm going to go against what I just said a little bit. I think, <laughs> you know, if you're going to start anybody, you know, for Buffalo, it's probably the wide receivers, Sammy Watkins and Chris Hogan. Defense should be good to start, given what I expect to be a low-scoring game. Kyle Orton, second quarterback option for me, wide receiver Robert Woods, and might be a flex option. Tight end Scott Chandler, okay to start. I just don't think they're going to be able to do anything on the ground against the Jets. Therefore, Fred Jackson, who's questionable with his groin injury, keep him on the bench. No Bryce Brown, no Anthony Dixon, and keep kicker Dan Carpenter on the bench too. Yeah, I think so. This this is going to be a game you have to at least watch part of because it's going to be so absurd. Well, maybe because of the weather conditions, but just yeah. the game itself. Normally not a game you want to watch. No, and I mean, even though Buffalo has a winning record, I don't think anybody realistically thinks that they have a good shot at the playoffs, much less you know, doing any damage there. I may have to yeah. eat my words, but uh, I have my doubts about that. So anyway, onward and upward, another game that could be played in Arctic conditions, you know, especially with Minnesota playing outside this year. Green Bay visiting yeah. Minnesota. Green Bay hitting on all cylinders right now. Just uh, I don't know if I would go so far as Magic Johnson did when he compared Aaron Rodgers to Larry Bird the other day, but I still think that it's pretty obvious Green Bay is far away the better team here. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to be able to keep it interesting with their run game. Green Bay is really awful run defense, but we'll we'll see here. But I still think that Green Bay is just going to be too much for them on offense. So I'll pick Green Bay to win this by a little more than a touchdown. I'll say Green Bay 28, Minnesota 20. I'm guessing you're going to pick predict a bigger gap than that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I After seeing what Green Bay did to Philly last week, I'm thinking it's possible they could do something very similar to Minnesota, just Minnesota would actually make it a little less embarrassing and score a few more points. Uh, realistically, you can't score 50-plus points every week, and the fact that you're not at home, you're on the road, makes it a little tougher, but I still think that Green Bay is going to clear 35 points. I think Minnesota, maybe 21, but I'm definitely starting Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, uh, not tight end Andrew Corliss, uh, staying away from kicker Mason Crosby. Like you said, it's freezing, they're outside, they really don't need to use them, plus their special teams looked like a mess last week. Uh, I will be starting the Green Bay defense, however, though. So for Minnesota, in spite of the fact that they signed Ben Tate today, I would start running back Jarek McKinnon. Teddy Bridgewater, the second quarterback, running back Ben Tate. I, I think even though he's going to be limited in his knowledge of the playbook by Sunday, I think he's still worth a start as a flex option. Wide receiver Greg Jennings is questionable with a hip injury. He's I'm on the fence about him. He's more of a flex option. Same thing, Cordero Patterson, flex option. Ted and Kyle Rudolph came back last week, didn't do much. This week, I think Rudolph will guide the way. Um, So he's worth starting as a tight end. Defense, okay to start. For the upcoming holiday season. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to get in the holiday season a little bit early there, but uh, glad you noticed. (laughs) Running back, um, his nose will probably be pretty red after that game is over. Running back, Matt Asiata, I would keep him on the bench. Uh, wide receiver, Jerry, it's right, as we mentioned before, had a hamstring injury past Sunday. Uh, he's questionable for this Sunday. I would not start him with a hamstring injury in the cold, even if he does play. 
tight ends Chase Ford and Red Ellison are no longer fantasy relevant with Kyle Rudolph back, and I would keep kicker Blair Walsh, your favorite uh, Blair Walsh project, keep him on the Love bench this Walsh week as project. well. Yeah, I like saying that, but you All would right. want to start him on your fantasy team. No, he's actually sitting on my bench right now. I I like having him on my team. Not going to start him, though. <laughs> yeah, there we go again. Having a kicker on your bench, that's the that's plague upon your Never houses in my mind. But I know you're change. not going to. I know you're not going <laughs> to. But five years. <laughs> after five years, I know well enough that you're not going to uh, come off of that. So. And by Probably the same never going to start calling gonna... the morning games early games either. <laughs> That's okay, but having a kicker on your bench to me is just crazy talk. But uh, anyway, so That's onward right. we go to uh, here's a game that will get played. It's indoors. Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Indianapolis has surprised me a little bit by uh, you know, not doing you know, what I thought they were going to do against New England on Sunday night, but uh, I guess that just goes to show that New England is better than I thought they were and maybe Indianapolis isn't quite as good as I thought they were, albeit they were dealing with lots of injuries on Sunday. This game, though, even though Jacksonville should be able to move the ball on offense, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Indianapolis in spite of Indianapolis's injuries. I think Indianapolis wins this by a couple touchdowns. I'll say Indianapolis 38, Jacksonville 24. I don't have too much of a problem with that score. I think Indy needs a big bounce back game. They need to make a statement here. Jacksonville is just kind of along for the ride right now. Fantasy-wise, Blake Bortles, as always, just a second quarterback option. Denard Robinson, I think, is a good start this week. You're going to get behind. I mean, shoot, we might see some crazy trick plays out of him. That's always fun. Um, I would start Cecil Shorts and Alan Hearns, though. Blake Bortles, like we said, going to be behind most of the game. He's going to have to throw the ball. Um, Mercedes Lewis might be okay as a flex option. I don't think I'd want to start him as my only tight end. Unfortunately, as always, going to stay away from kicker Josh Scobie in the defense. So for India, I would start quarterback Andrew Luck, wide receivers T.Y. Hilton and Reggie Wayne. Tight end Kobe Fleener, who finally should have all the tight end targets to himself this week. Kicker Adam Vinatieri should do well. Trent Richardson should be more prominent with Ahmad Bradshaw season-ending injury, but I'm not sold on him as anything more than a flex option. I think Indy may just decide to throw the ball 50 times and do quite well with that. The defense should be okay to start, as we mentioned before, Ahmad Bradshaw on IR with a season-ending ankle injury, don't start him. Tight end Dwayne Allen, questionable with an ankle injury, don't start him either. All right. Probably good to not start those guys. <laughs> no. So speaking of more players that you probably don't want to start, uh, we've got Tennessee visiting Philadelphia this week. Yeah. Philadelphia, it's hard to know what to make of Mark Sanchez. Yes, he threw for 340-plus yards again, but he also had two sacks and two interceptions, which is very familiar to Jets fans from his years as the starting quarterback for that franchise. But I think what's really going to make the difference this week is Philadelphia's ground game. I think we saw Monday night what a good ground game Pittsburgh has can do against Tennessee's defense. I expect LaShawn McCoy to have his best game of the season and lead Philadelphia to victory. I'll say Philadelphia 31, Tennessee 24. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we saw some, I, I, you know, saw at least I felt I saw some good things out of Zach Mettenberg and this Tennessee offense. Um, they overcame some things that I didn't necessarily expect them to. His stats were a little inflated because of that nice 80-yard touchdown in Nate Washington. But all in all, I didn't think they ran a bad offensive scheme against the Steelers. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up scoring with the Eagles. Uh, like you said, LaShawn McCoy is just going to run all over them. There's there's really no way they're going to slow him down. So fantasy-wise, I think he's still has some value here. I like this Tennessee team. Uh, Zach Mettenberg is still more of a second quarterback option for me. It is worth noting that the Eagles' defense is pretty banged up right now, so if I were to pick a surprise upset this week, this might be it, but I, I really don't. I think that would be a long shot. 
I will start Bishop Sankey. Uh, Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter are both good starts. I like Nate Washington more as a flex option because, really, it's going to be feast or fan with him. You're either getting that 80-yard touchdown pass or he's got three catches for 30 yards, and that's it. Uh, Delaney Walker is hoping to pass his concussion test tomorrow. Uh, that's something you're going to have to wait and see on. Yeah, right, he better be studying right now <laughs> in a dark, quiet room with no lights and TV on. <laughs> but exactly. uh, I think – if he does play, it's more of a flex option because he's not 100% and it's not a great matchup for him. Um, if he doesn't play, Chase Kaufman is not a terrible flex option there. Uh, he played the majority of the way last week for them. Stay away from kicker Ryan Suckup and the defense, though. Yeah, Chase Kaufman, uh, he had a pretty eventful week there. First he gets fined for running over a Ravens assistant coach, and then he goes out and actually has a halfway decent game. So, yeah, I always... Yeah thought pretty highly of him when he was drafted by the Bengals, but that didn't work out. But who knows, maybe with Tennessee, with uh, Delaney Walker banged up now, this is his opportunity and he makes the most of it. We'll see. Yeah, they rotated three different tight ends in and out, but obviously Kaufman's the one who caught the uh, touchdown, so I think he's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah, so for Philadelphia, as I mentioned before, LaShawn McCoy, I expect him to remind people of why he was the number one draft taken a lot of fantasy drafts this this past uh, summer, so I definitely start him. Wide receiver Jeremy Macklin having a breakout season. He's good to go. Kicker Cody Parkey has been having a, a, a quietly uh, good season for the Eagles. Yeah. Mark Sanchez, more of a second quarterback for me. Running back Darren Sproles, good flex option. Wide receivers Riley Cooper and Jordan Matthews, okay to start. Same thing with tight end Zach Ertz, start to the defense. Stay away from running back Chris Polk and tight end Brent Selleck. But, you know, this this should be um, interesting because I I expect Dallas to win their game on Sunday night. So the Eagles pretty much have to win, and then we'll have uh, two eight and three teams going into a Thanksgiving afternoon matchup that should be uh, a really good game. Yeah, they still play each other twice this season, so it's for all the marbles right, coming down the stretch, as usual. Yeah, so this, this should be, uh, you know, hopefully Philadelphia or Dallas uh, aren't looking ahead this week because they both have very winnable games, but we'll see what happens here. That means probably at least one of them will lose, but uh, anyway, that Thanksgiving Day game is going to be a good one regardless of uh, what mm-hmm. they do this weekend. Right. So you were talking before about picking Tennessee as an upset special for this week. Yeah. I'm going to look at Houston at Cincinnati, excuse me, Cincinnati at Houston, and I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here, and I'm going to pick the home team to pull the upset. Cincinnati should be able to move the ball both on the ground and through the air, but the same thing is true for Houston. I don't really think it much matters whether Arian Foster is starting or Alfred Blue is starting. He showed last week Alfred Blue did that he's capable of running wild. So I, I like Houston in this game. I'm going to take them to win by a touchdown. I'll say Houston 31, Cincinnati 24. Yeah, I mean, I was not excited about the Ryan Mallett experience, the fact that Arian Foster wasn't playing. I thought it was just going to be an absolute disaster for that Houston team, but they proved me wrong. Uh, I will fully admit that. And I I mean, I can't argue too much with it. I think it's entirely possible Houston could upset Cincinnati this week. I think the Bengals need to start looking stronger if they want to get taken seriously as a team here. They looked really good to start the season, and then it's just been a wasteland. Uh, They sort of bounced back last week, but some consistency would be nice. So fantasy-wise for the Bengals, Andy Dalton, he's only second quarterback option until he shows me that he's not a mess. Uh, and I'd like to see that maybe happen this week. I don't think it's a great matchup for him, though. Uh, Jeremy Hill is a good start this week. Giovanni Bernard, I'd go ahead and start as well. A.J. Green and Mohamed Sanu are okay. Stay away from tight end Jermaine Gresham. Stay away from kicker Mike Nugent and the defense. Uh, it's just not not going to be worth it for you there. It's, it'll be interesting. J.J. Uh, Watt seems to be a touchdown-scoring machine now. They're talking about oh, maybe you should turn him into a tight end and make him play both ways. That's ridiculous. But, you know, if that's what Houston has to do to win, I don't think they'll rule it out. Well, speaking of tight ends, I hope Jermaine Gresham has a little more luck this week if he tosses a touchdown 
catch into the stands after after he scores. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Didn't like that much. Yeah, the the guy, the Saints fan that intercepted the ball intended for the the woman, the Bengals fan, claimed that he was, you know, not giving it back because he wanted it for his grandson. But uh, it's hard for me to believe that he didn't know that the ball was not intended for him. So, plague on his house. But uh, anyway, so moving on to Houston, quarterback Ryan Mallett, I expect him to hammer the Cincinnati defense. So, start him. Running back Alfred Blue, start him. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, good start. Kicker Randy Bullock, same thing. Running back Arian Foster is questionable with his ankle injury. If he does play, I think he's more of a flex option this week. I still like Alfred Blue more. Wide receiver Andre Johnson, more of a flex option for me. Defense okay to start. And uh, tight end Garrett Graham, he's been one of the bigger fantasy disappointments for me this season. I was really high on him going into the season, thought with yeah. Owen Daniels out of the picture that he would really shine this year, but that has not turned out to be the case, so I was wrong about that one. Yeah, well, we we do occasionally get things right, though, so silver lining. <laughs> well, I say more than occasionally, but that was uh, definitely <laughs> not one of them. So, so All right, we onward. own our faults. It happens. Yes. So onward to the afternoon games for Jana, the late afternoon games for me. First one up, this should be a real doozy. Arizona at Seattle. Seattle kind of fighting for their playoff life now after some of their recent performances. They just seem to take two steps forward, one step backward. They're still sputtering. Arizona, week after week they win. I'm not quite sure how they do it because neither their offense nor their defense is that overpowering, but they seem to play just well enough to win games. I think their luck is going to run out this week. I think Seattle is going to live and die with the run. Arizona, I don't think they're going to be able to run. I think they'll have a little bit of success passing, but not enough to win the game. I'll say Seattle 24 and Arizona 17. Yeah, I I agree. I like Drew Stanton a lot, uh, a lot more than uh, most people do, I think. But the fact that Larry Fitzgerald is not 100%, this is not a good matchup. You're in Seattle. I think that Seattle is going to take this by a touchdown. Fantasy-wise, though, I think it's still okay to start Drew Stanton this week. I'll start Andre Ellington. But if you have any good trade offers out there for him, I would unload him now. His matchups are going to get a little worse as the season goes on. Uh, wide receiver Josh Brown and Michael Floyd are both okay starts. Larry Fitzgerald is strictly a flex option for me. Yeah, he's going to play through a strained knee ligament, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to play him through that. Uh, tight end John Carlson's not a good start this week, as are kicker Jay Feely and the defense. With Larry Fitzgerald not 100%, what do you think of John Brown as a potential um, flex option this week? I like him. Yeah, I might even go so far as to start Jaron Brown in a really, really deep league, but it would have to be really, really deep. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you are in a 32-team league, so you have that option. (laughs) One of them, yes. And I do think I did pick up Jared Brown for that league uh, last week, so we'll see. I may have to start him this week with a couple guys like Delaney Walker injured or on by, but we'll see. So, anyway, since People didn't tune in to hear about my fantasy team. For Seattle, quarterback Russell Wilson is a good start this week. Same thing, Marshawn Lynch may not talk much after the game, but he lets his feet do the talking on the field during the game, start him, start the defense. Still not sold on wide receiver options for Seattle, but wide receivers Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse are flex options if you need them. Kicker Stephen Hauschka should be good to start. Tony Moiaki, I loved him when he was on the Chiefs, had a nice game last yeah. week. Yeah, he's, I think, the third or fourth, actually the fourth tight end that uh, um, the Seahawks have run he out He only got picked week. up two or three weeks ago. I mean, he's barely a Seahawk. <laughs> well, he just he got a jersey. Caught a touchdown for them last week. I don't expect him to do the same this week, but just in case you, you know, noticed him because he did catch that touchdown last week, I would advise you to stay away this week. I I think, you know, much as I liked him when he was on Kansas City, I just don't know that he's going to ever stay healthy long enough to be as good as, as I thought he might be. Yeah. So. Sorry, Tony Moyaki. So let's, let's move down the coast a little bit. 
actually quite a bit. We've got St. Louis at San Diego, another late afternoon game or West Coast game. Uh, this St. Louis obviously impressive in beating Denver last week, but now they go on the road. San Diego was sputtering. They righted the ship last week. I think they're going to keep things going this week, so I'll pick San Diego to win this. I'll say on the strength of their passing game that San Diego wins this 21-13. Yeah, I think I think this could be a closer game, maybe 21-17. Um, St. Louis, I mean, we kind of know what Sean Hill's offense is going to look like now. It's a little harder for them to surprise people. San Diego, I guess this is going to depend on how banged up Philip Rivers really is. That second half wasn't his best work. Uh, if he's a little healthier, I think things are going to go better for them this week. Sean Hill's more second quarterback option for me. I'm okay with starting Trey Mason and Kenny Britt, though. Jared Cook, I don't like him as your only tight end, but he could be a good flex option. There's some potential there. I am going to start Greg Willeg Zerline, finally, and the defense. For San Diego, I would start quarterback Philip Rivers, wide receivers Keenan Allen and Malcolm Floyd, tight end Antonio Gates, start the defense. Ryan Matthews and Darren Oliver, eh, I think they're both flex options at best. Wide receiver Eddie Royal, flex option. Don't start running back to Arnold Brown. He only had one carry last week. Tight end with Darius Green. I'm not even sure why I mentioned him week after week. Maybe just he's another guy that I thought was going to break out this year after his second half of last season. That has not happened, and I don't expect that to change this week, so don't start him. And kicker Nick Novak, I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game, so I would keep him on the bench as well. Fair enough. Keep rolling. All right, Miami at Denver. So as we mentioned, Denver just got off a three-game road trip. They lost two of the three games, and People there are claiming the sky is falling, and of course in Denver it has a mile less to fall than it does in most other places. But I just I, I think they're going to be able to you know, run enough and pass enough, even with the injuries they have, to you know overpower Miami's defense, which is quite good. Miami they're yeah. going to live and die with the pass. I don't expect that Lamar Miller is going to have much success running against Denver's defense. This game I. It could go either way. I, I think this is a bit of a coin flip, but given that they're at home and yeah, I expect the Broncos to bounce back, I'll, I'll say Denver wins this by a field goal. I'll say Denver 27, Miami 24. I'm going to take Denver by 10. They're at home. They need to silence some of these critics. I like Miami. I like their defense. Uh, I think that this team has improved as the season's gone on and that defense has been pretty good all year. Um, but I just I think – Depending, again, on how healthy they get as this week goes on, is Julius Thomas going to play or not, that's going to play a factor into this. But as long as Thomas plays, I think they can still safely win this game by 10 points. But I do think Miami's going to put some points up, so it's okay to start Ryan Tannehill this week. Uh, Lamar Miller's more of a flex option for me. I don't think this is going to be a great matchup for him. Uh, Mike Wallace I'm good with starting, as well as tight end Charles Clay, staying away from the rest of the – the Brian Hartlines and and the like. I will start kicker Caleb Sturgis. He's going to get some work. And I'm going to start the defense. It's not like Denver's coming out and putting up 45 points this week. I think they're going to be contained, but not enough to get beat. Jarvis Landry is an intriguing guy. He's definitely been coming on in recent weeks. I think I might start him as a flex option in a deeper league, certainly in a 32-team league. Yeah, yeah, definitely in there. (laughs) Exactly. So for Denver, uh, quarterback Peyton Manning, how can you not start him? Wide receiver Demarius Thomas, start him. Running back C.J. Anderson, more of a flex option for me, and that's more a function of the fact that Miami's run defense is pretty good, not so much that I don't think he's going to get enough touches. Wide receiver Andre Caldwell, I could see him as a flex option this week, and he may get more targets with Emmanuel Sanders um, banged up. Tight end Julius Thomas, um, iffy about him. Go ahead if if he's healthy enough to play. Right now he's questionable with an ankle injury. Kicker Brandon McManus should be a good start this week. Defense should be a good start too. 
stay away from running back Monte Ball, who's out, as Jenna mentioned. Ronnie Hillman's still out with his foot injury. Wide receiver Manuel Sanders, questionable with a concussion. And I'd also stay away from Wes Walker, who at any moment could be questionable with with another concussion. This is true. <laughs> Even your cat's chiming in. Stay away from Wes yes. Walker this week. <laughs> yeah, the cat is not a Wes Walker fan. So, so um, let's move on to Washington at San Francisco. And I don't know. Washington, they just, to me, they're one of the big underachieving teams. I know they've had a lot of instability at quarterback this year, but when you look at the playmakers that they've got at running back and wide receiver, and I know Jordan Hill's been banged up a little bit, and the fact that their defense isn't all that bad, I'm a little surprised that they haven't made more noise this year. I know Robert Griffin III's been under a lot of fire this week, but I think Washington's going to have some success running and passing. San Francisco, I think they're going to do more damage on the ground than in the air. I, I think when all is you know, finished here that San Francisco is going to win this by about a touchdown in a relatively you know, high-scoring game. I'll, I'll say San Francisco wins this 27-21. Yeah, I think San Francisco, uh, Washington really needs to win this game. I don't think they're going to go to the West Coast, to San Francisco, and do it because San Francisco also really kind of needs to get themselves back on track. Uh, they they haven't exactly looked like a defending Super Bowl champ most of the season. And for for what it's worth, RG3, been under a lot of fire. I just I don't think he can play as badly as he did last week. It wasn't all him, but a large part of it is he didn't play amazing. Uh, but Alfred Morris is going to certainly help this offense. I think RG3 is Morris' uh, second quarterback option. Definitely start Morris. Absolutely start Deshaun Jackson. I am staying away from tight end Jordan Reed and his hamstring, staying away from the rest of the wide receivers because, quite frankly, it's hard to know if they're going to get enough, you know, even targets to be relevant here with the way that RG3 has been playing. Uh, I'm not going to start kicker Kai Forbath, but I would start the Washington defense. Running back Roy Hulu's had a few nice games in a row, especially out of the – backfield, he might be somebody to consider, too, as a flex option in a point-per-reception league. Yeah, I think so. I, I've always liked Roy Hallou. Um, I, it just It's hard playing behind Alfred Morris the last couple of years, but it's not going to be the RG3 show, so that run game's really got to help him out, and Roy Hallou's got a good, good set of hands coming out of the backfield for sure. So for San Francisco, I like quarterback Colin Kaepernick, running back Frank Gore, and the defense. Running back Carlos Hyde should be a good flex option this week. Wide receivers Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, and Stevie Johnson. More flex options for me than must starts this week. Tight end Vernon Davis, okay. And kicker Phil Dawson's okay to start, too. Phil Dawson. We haven't, we haven't started him in a while. It's good for him to be back. <laughs> Phil Dawson? Yeah. 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 He's. Uh, I keep thinking of the the Family Feud guy, but that was Richard Dawson's son. I don't <laughs> Little think they're related either. I don't think he's related to Len Dawson either. And he was a quarterback <laughs> for the Chiefs when I was growing up, which gives away my age, but that's okay. So, um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so now on to the Sunday night game. This I, it's hard for me to get excited about this, even though it is our two favorite teams you know, running into each other, Dallas at the Giants. Uh, this, uh, you know, there have been, you know, people are starting to clamor for Tom Coughlin's head in the in the New York tabloids. You know, I, I don't know. I, I Whether he's lost the team or not, who knows? I just don't think they're that good. And with the injuries they've had this year, you know, between Rashad Jennings being banged up for a good portion of the season, losing Victor Cruz, defense just isn't very good. It's hard for me to see them being competitive in this game, like I said, unless you know, something awful were to happen to Tony Romo early on in the game. But you know, who knows? But I, I still think Dallas wins this pretty easily, I'll say by a couple touchdowns. I'll go with a final score of Dallas 35, New York 21. I can't see Dallas winning this by more than 10. Uh, 
quite frankly just because the way the Giants seem to play the Cowboys, even when they are banged up, weird things happen a lot. Um, but being on Sunday night, being in New York, it you know pretty much anything can happen. If they were playing this game in Dallas, I might think this is more potential for an upset. But being that they're in New York, I think Dallas will be okay. Uh, like you said, as long as Tony Romo is still alive when the game ends. Uh, I would say go ahead and start Tony Romo, although, quite frankly, I'm kind of on the edge of making him more a second quarterback option because I think DeMarco Murray is just going to run all over this Giants team. Um, But Romo is generally a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real-life one, so it's not a bad start. I like Des Bryant and Terrence Williams, who was pretty quiet last week, but I think he's going to bounce back here. Definitely start Jason Witten. I'm going to start kicker Dan Bailey, but I'm staying away from the defense because Eli Manning's going to have to throw the ball all day. And I think they're going to give up some points. Do you think DeMarco Murray is going to last the season, or would uh, Joseph Randall be a good speculative pickup, assuming that he's not out shopping um, somewhere? I think he is. Joseph Randall's probably a good speculative pickup because if they can rest DeMarco Murray at the end of the year, I mean, if they come in and they beat the Giants this week, they beat the Eagles on Thanksgiving, and they put together a little win streak here, they may not have to play him the last week of the season, and that would be huge. Uh, Give him some rest going into the playoffs, ideally. I think he's going to make it through the season. Generally, he's broken down much earlier in the year if he's going to get hurt, so I'm hoping that he's dodged a bullet there, but we'll see what happens. His workload's been insane, though. I would think even if the Cowboys, even if he doesn't, get injured that the Cowboys would want to try to give him fewer carries going forward just to make sure that uh, in all likelihood yeah, they will make the playoffs. He's got to touch the ball at least 20 times for them to win games. I mean, that's just – they just don't win. Even if he only touches yeah, the ball 19 the times, they don't win games. between 20 and 30 times. Absolutely. But when do you have you really known Jason Garrett to play a smart offense? Not that often. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> So you have more faith in their Eli. logical ability than I do. <laughs> no, I, I think they have been. I mean, they've spent some high draft picks building up that offensive line the last few years, and now they're really you know, reaping the fruits of that. And you know, the running game has really taken off and taken off a lot of the pressure on Tony Romo. And you know, I think you know, that, that's a legitimate you know, playoff contender there. You know, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, run into you know Green Bay and upset them in the playoffs if it were a road game, or that they'd be able to go on the road and beat Seattle or San Francisco or Arizona. But uh, it's, I think they'll they, they'll make things interesting whoever they end up playing in the playoffs. I think so. Just I hope it's not Seattle. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Well, at this point, it looks like if that were to happen, it would probably be a home game for Dallas, but we'll see. So for the Giants, I would start quarterback Eli Manning, start wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I would also um, tight end um, Larry Donnell is okay to start. Ruben Randall, the wide receiver, nice game last week. Actually more productive than Beckham. He's a decent flex option for me this week. I would not start either running backs, uh, Rashad Jennings or Andre Williams. Stay away from wide receiver Preston Parker and stay away from kicker Josh Brown. And finally, stay away from the Giants' defense. Dallas is going to score early and often in this game. I like the sound of that. And uh, we are coming into the home stretch here with our Monday night game. All right, so we'll we'll pick it up a, a gear here. We've got Baltimore at New Orleans. This is going to be a question of who scores more because I don't think either defense is going to stop the opposing offense. That NFC South is just a a mess this year. It's like the the NFC West was a couple of years ago when it's very likely that a team with a sub-500 record is going to get into the playoffs and potentially even host a, a, a game. But uh, I think New Orleans will pull this out. But, you know, I'll go with them just because they're at home. I'll say New Orleans 35, Baltimore 28. I'm pretty much taking whoever scores last. I think it's going to be New Orleans, but it could go either way. Fantasy-wise, start Joe Flacco, start Justin Forsett, Torrey Smith, Steve Smith. Um, Staying away from tight end Owen Daniels this week, but I am going to start kicker Justin Tucker and definitely do not start the defense. 
No, and for New Orleans, quarterback Drew Brees is a good start, running back Mark Ingram, wide receivers Marcus Colston, Kenny Stills, tight end Jimmy Graham, kicker Shane Graham, start them all. Uh, running back for Harris Cadet is um, a decent flex option. Start, you know, defense, I think, is okay. I, I have a little more faith in them than I would in uh, Baltimore's defense this week, but not much. Uh, running backs, Pierre Thomas and Kyrie Robinson are both questionable with a rib injury and an arm injury, respectively. So I keep them on the bench. And as we mentioned earlier, wide receiver Brandon Cooks is out with a thumb injury for several weeks. So most definitely don't have him in your starting lineup this week. And that brings us to the end of our show for this week. We will be back next Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every week. Uh, but we always want to hear from you. Find us all over social media. Uh, definitely check out fantasyfootballsherpa.com, our Facebook page, the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Uh, us on Twitter, the number four THN inches show, JKIM16, or fantasy underscore Sherpa, as well as our email address, the number four THN inches show at gmail.com. And like I said, if you've ever missed any shows, you just missed the sound of our voice, check them out on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. And we will be back here for you guys next week. As I like to say, good luck unless you're playing me this week. <laughs> Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.